cave. And welcome back to another edition of the Podmen. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. I completely, you all cut out for all of that. I'm Alex. Yeah, that Hi. was, we are out of shape, boys. What is going on? You haven't had a fourth member for a while. The order's all... all the order's a little up. bit, yeah. I think Brian got a little nervous at the beginning there, uh, recording again. Uh, but the boys are back. The pod, the pod men are back in the pod cave. Alex, glad you're, uh, glad you're joining us here. Uh, we, we do actually have some movies, a couple of movies, maybe to talk about, including uh, the latest Jurassic Park and uh, some TV shows. What was that for, PMR? Oh, I don't know. I was just oh, just, oh, okay. I thought you were saying Jurassic <laughs> Park 2. Uh, some TV shows, Miss Marvel, and anything else that Alex may be watching. Alex just kind of slid into the green room at the last minute, so I'm really interested to hear uh, if he's, <laughs> as he's sitting in the dark. Uh, see what movies and TV shows he's talking about. Uh, but first, we'll head over to some news. Brian, what have we got? All right. Well, first up, we've got. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm, it's I'm getting like a, it's really garbled. Are you guys getting a garbled sound? I am not getting a garbled sound. Is anybody else getting garbled sound? Uh, I'm getting a little garbly goopery. PMR. And I'm getting a little bit of a delay. So. Ah. No, I'm good. I I can hear all of you guys. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Uh, this is all going to go so, well. Better than yeah. It's worth- <laughs> Brian's garbled and uh, delayed. Yeah, and Alex so won't stand still. Alex is primping. Alex is primping. Okay, good. Because every good podcaster needs a hat. <laughs> Brian, what is going on in nerd news and uh, uh, the nerd All right. world? So first up, something we've been we've been asking for for several years now. Uh, they've Marvel's announced and hired the director for uh, the Thunderbolts. Ah, it'll be wow. a movie. Something you've talked yeah. about for quite a while. You predicted it as Nerdstradamus. It feels like. I believe I did. The only problem is I don't think it's going to be the Thunderbolts, the the Bagley Busiek Thunderbolts. I think it's going to be the the Dark Avengers Thunderbolts. Okay. So and it'll be all these secondary that we've you know it, it may very well be Bucky leading the team after Zemo. It'll likely be, uh, you know, White Widow, uh, Stature, stuff like that. Those characters, potentially. Led um, by Julia Louise-Dreyfus still, you think? Is she still in the mix or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what she's putting together is, is Thunderbolts. Now, the problem with that is Thunderbolt Ross is, is dead, and in that team, you know, he was the Red Hulk. So, you know, potentially there could be an issue there with, you know, recasting <laughs> or, or – or you could even say it's you know it's a different Red Hulk and they're they're debuting the team to uh, honor Thunderbolt Ross because he's passed something right, like right. that. But uh, but yeah yeah something we've asked for for and kind of uh, hoped for for several years is it seems to be coming to fruition. So that's one. Right, that's one. Uh, thoughts when on you, Thunderbolts? 
Well, when you say Thunder, uh, Thunderbolt Ross is dead, you mean William Hurt is dead. So <laughs> William Hurt is dead. Thunder, yeah. Thunderbolt Ross is not officially passed away in the Marvel Universe. So not as long as we remember him. As long as we remember him, I, you know, I, I hate that. You know that he, I'm, and I'm sure he does too. That he's dead. <laughs> <I bet> he's dead. <laughs> but, but uh, I don't know. I like the I like the idea of the original Thunderbolts and the Bagley Musiak because you know they took truly bad guys and that book was awesome because they took truly bad guys and at the end you were surprised to see you know who they were because they they redressed them up as heroes and you were thinking they were new new heroes and it turned out they were bad guys. Um, with different costumes on, trying to trying to uh, disguise themselves as heroes. I thought that was a good concept. Uh, I don't know. This, like you said, it was it's pretty much just the, the Dark Avengers. So, uh, so in, in the Dark Avengers, they they won't be hiding. They they will just be here's Bucky working right. alongside of Baron Zemo. Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I not- think you may have some hidden identities potentially. At least from the world, right? I mean, the world's not going to want to know. They're not going. They're going to want to keep the fact oh, okay. that Citizen V and Baron Zemo are the same person. Uh, the question is, would Bucky know? Right. Right. Would, yeah. uh, now, and I think honestly, what would happen is Bucky would not come in until the end of this movie. You know, because that's the way the original Thunderbolts. Uh, it was twelve issues, uh, and it was uh, they were villains, uh, and then they added one character named Jolt, and she was kind of like their Jubilee. She, uh, a lot of the villains, uh, you know, like Moonstone uh, and Baron Zemo still stuck to their evil plan, right? Um, and the Beatle, whereas Atlas uh, and um, Songbird went, uh, they decided to go native. Like, they liked being heroes. They decided to be heroes, and it led up to this whole fight at the end of issue 12, Thunderbolt versus Thunderbolts. And then issue 13, Hawkeye comes in and becomes the leader of the team because Hawkeye was, you know, when he originally debuted, he was a bad guy. You know, so uh, I think they did, they took that kind of formula when they relaunched Thunderbolts in like the the late 2000s and they kind of put Bucky in as the leader. And it kind of had the same dynamic, but the team was completely different. Well, and I'm, here's what, I mean, yeah, you're right about that and, the way you discussed the Thunderbolts a few years ago when you were talking about it, I, I like that idea. I like that concept where, you know, there were uh, they would use some of Iron Man's armor and they would use, you know, some of uh, the Falcon's wings and stuff and make different characters. Um, but, like, the Dark Avengers is basically, you know, Abomination would be replaced the Hulk and, you know, U.S. Uh, agent from the uh, – Falcon and Winter Soldier series would be the Captain America. You'd have, um, you know, the, the just the different representations of uh, Marvel characters, Avenger characters. Um, yeah, but see, the, the Thunderbolts were not like a uh, a clone of the Avengers. Right, right. They, they were their own super team, but this will likely be like, okay, this is your Cap, this is your Hulk, this is your... Uh, right. Ant Man, this is your, you know, like that sort of thing. That's what I'm saying. I, I wish they wouldn't do that, but that's probably how they're going to do it. So, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I guess they can't go around calling themselves the Dark Avengers. So, <laughs> you know, so, so I guess, yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, all right. Look, you only got two short years, I imagine, right? Probably at least the uh, another story in the Marvel universe. Uh, Spider Man uh, No Way Home is gonna uh, be uh, put back in theaters in September with additional footage, just like Morbius, right? extended yeah. edition. Yeah, just like Morbius. So, uh, any thoughts uh, on seeing uh, No No Way Home again? <laughs> no way. <laughs> you had me at No Way. Again. I'd see it again. I liked it enough, and I've only seen it, you know, one time. So, yeah, why not? <clears throat> I would, I would totally go see that again. That's that's more of a, you know, I'll wait for it to come on a streaming service so I can break it up into, you know, a w- one hour incremental blocks over a week or something like that. I don't think I could go to a theater and see that again with a longer version. Yeah, it's like it's like when they released Avengers Endgame just to get it over, like, just to make <laughs> right. the biggest movie of all time. It's literally just so they're hoping, they're praying that enough people go see it so they can cross the $2 billion mark. Like, obviously. Well. And it's like, it's I'm like five sure. minutes of new footage. Like, it's not even, I don't know if it's worth it. There's some, I'm sure there's some box office receipts they need to recoup for Morbius. So, oh, so hopefully, it's hopefully uh, the release here will make up for the shortfall in Morbius. <laughs> so, uh, did you I haven't been here in a couple weeks, but did did y'all discuss how they put Morbius back in theaters only for it to make eighty thousand dollars? I think so. We, we, yeah. we tried to talk we about very little about Morbius. Oh, well, oh, and it was it made. It made like $83,000 over that weekend, and it was re-released to a 1,000 theaters. So out of, what, five, out of 15, 18 potential showings, it made $83 per theater. <laughs> for the weekend, not for the showing. That's for the whole weekend. Did, I forget, and I forgot, did anybody actually see it? I mean, I saw it. Okay, you guys have seen it. Okay, no, no, no. I watched Morbius the whole way through. I saw every inch of that movie. Wow! And I was, let's just say, I I went in a certain in a certain headspace, and I was I was back to normal consciousness when I got when I got out. Wow! I had a few I had a few I had a few ciders stuck to my belt loop when I walked into that theater. It was sober. Come out with it was, it was a sobering movie. It was increasingly sobering. It was yeah. Ooh, man. So, hey, yeah. So, if you want to see Matt Smith dance with his shirt off? That's uh, the movie for you. Uh, hey now, Doctor. Uh, flipping across the pond, as it were, to a DC, they've announced uh, they're beginning pre-production on the Joker two, oh, and. Uh, Thank goodness. Rumors are, yeah, it'll be a musical, what? and Lady Gaga is playing Harley Quinn. Uh, you know, as long as it's kind of in its own little self-contained universe, I say, why not? That could that could work. Sure. I would not go see that. Uh, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Every- I, I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the idea. And you know what it reminds me of is the Batman Brave and the Bold Music Meister episode. Right. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? You said it right there, episode. That's like 20 minutes. I don't want to see two hours of – I don't like, honestly even – I don't think I'd want to go see the Joker again with this Joker. I, I, I didn't like the first movie. I thought it was boring. I thought it was just a, a crime drama. I didn't you you like love that oboe or whatever fun. that was. Mm-hmm. 
I just thought it was terrible. I mean, it was just blah. I think everybody was just excited because it was a little bit different. It was edgy, but I don't know. It just didn't I do nothing. I enjoyed Joker, Brad. Did, did you enjoy the Joker movie? I did. I did. I, I enjoyed it, but uh, again, I uh, I enjoyed Taxi Driver, and it reminded me a lot of yeah, Taxi yeah, Driver. Exactly. So. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm a big, I'm a bigger fan of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy more than I am of Joker. But, so you know. But Alex, if you don't have time to watch both, watch <laughs> the watch Joker. The, there you go. <laughs> True. You know that's a that's a fair point. I want to watch I want to watch Taxi Driver and, and, <laughs> and King uh, of Comedy. Oh my God. King of Comedy, but I, I'm on such a tight... Yeah, I only have two and a half hours. I only got two and a half hours, people. No, I think just like in Joker, Joker. Where, where Joker had a couple of fantasy scenes, right, where he's happy with oh, yeah. Zazzy Bills or whatever, uh, That I imagine that this would be kind of similar along that, that Harley Quinn or the, the, the musical part of it would be probably maybe more of the fantasy stuff that's going on in his mind or her yeah. mind or whatever, so... But you know what would be great? Right. I would I would love for the first time in any musical's history for these two characters to start breaking out in song and everyone just look at them like complete psychopaths. Like yeah, that, that would, would be great. That, that would really that'd that would be great be too. Really, yeah, or like there's this psychotic scene and it cuts back to the real world and they're still singing. Right. It's like yeah. always sunny. It's like always sunny in Philadelphia when they go to their high school reunion. Oh yeah. That, now yeah, now you got PMR's attention. So, no, 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 no. I think it could be interesting. Always funny. Always. Funny. We've got a couple more DC stories. Uh, conflicting uh, accounts of whether Amber Heard has been cut from uh, Aquaman altogether or not. Does anybody give a shit? I no. mean, not I mean, she probably two things. Hey, no one gives a shit about Amber Heard being cut from Aquaman. And two, no one gives a shit about Aquaman. I mean, <laughs> hey, now. You, to be fair, you are talking about the you're, when you say that you are talking about the highest grossing DC movie. Exactly, exactly. I know, I know fucking, what I'm saying. Oh, I know, I know, what, I'm know what, saying. what I'm saying. And that's not saying much of the DC movies. I mean, uh, I mean, come well, on, come on, come on, come on, Alex, come on. Aquaman's an enjoyable film. It was enjoyable it's, four years ago because we didn't have anything else. <laughs> well, we don't have anything now. The time is right. Not it's, the DC is or Marvel. It's definitely a film. Well, interesting. So I guess the question is, quick straw poll, are you more likely to see it if she's in it or if she's replaced? It does not matter. Well, yeah, no, I mean, they, at this point, they could put in, like, B. Arthur, you know. Mm, in the, I'd love to see B. Arthur in that skin-tight yeah. outfit. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, no one, they could, no uh, one cares. They could force Gumper in. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, author. Any... Oh, my God. Is it? I think the what? Uh, hey, PMR. Huh? Was it what? Maud's husband's name Arthur? Yeah, it was Arthur. Arthur. They, they, all they have to do, no, they could no, totally no, force. No no, no. no. no, it was Walter. Walter. Okay. All Walter, right. Thank you. Walter, Walter. That's a pretty easy dub, though. Yeah, they could, they could just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arthur. But the thing Arthur, is, Arthur. is, is, is the only thing that is keeping any Aquaman in the minds of anybody is this fucking trial. I mean, no one knows. No one remembers Aquaman. I mean, no one. No one knows. Jason Aquaman. Momoa is just. I mean, he's kind of like. I don't know. It's. 
That's like three or four years ago. No one's thinking about that shit. The only th- the only uh, buzz anybody has about Aquaman right now is because of the Amber Heard trial with Johnny Depp. It's not it's, right. it's like anybody's excited about Aquaman. But wait, so, would you say the same thing about Black Panther? Yeah, but, the only press that anybody knows anything about Black Panther is when uh, Shuri throws a fit about getting a vaccine or something. <laughs> well, there was that, you know, the whole, that guy died. So, I mean. Right, right. But I'm just saying that. Bozzi. No one's is anyone more excited about Black Panther either. I'm I'm just saying oh, no would, one's excited about anything. No, no, I know. Yeah. I, I would make the difference. Yeah, but I, there, I think there was more people like excited about Black Panther than Aquaman. I mean, that's probably true. I Aquaman. see. I disagree with that. I'd flip that. Like oh, Black Panther has a lot more potential to be a train wreck in my mind. But well, yeah, uh, but, but you're none right, of this. But, like it's it's fine and dandy to say nobody cares about this, nobody cares about this, nobody cares about this when we don't have a trailer. Once we have a trailer, PMR's tune is is, is going to change dramatically. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like, oh, this seems sexy. More yeah, <laughs> you know what his tune's going to change. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to yeah, be a Lady saw, Gaga song. <laughs> no one gives so, no one get. No, I didn't give a shit about fucking Black Adam, and I saw the trailer and I was like, wow, I, I really don't give a shit about Black Adam now. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Again, Alex, I think you've aged out of superhero movies, to be honest with you, buddy. I think I have, too. That was Marvel, but we'll get to that shit. And then uh, I've got two potpourri stories that were just too bizarre not to mention. Yes, go for it. But one last uh, DC story. One last DC story. Uh, There's rumors now that uh, Flash, uh, they finally had had their fill of Ezra Miller, who (laughs) may or may not have kidnapped a child. He may not even be alive at this point. (laughs) So, yeah, we don't have proof of life. Um, So, you know, uh, the the thought is uh, Flash, we may not even, if this gets much worse, they may just, uh, we may not get the Flash movie, right? They may, like, do... like completely refilm the thing, right? Uh, But at the very least, he's going to get replaced by the end of the movie. Right. Well, I actually, I had a a DC report for you. Um, Today, uh, I was scrolling on on my websites and the entire Flash movie plot has leaked online. Uh Uh-oh. The entire thing. It's all there. So if if you're an audience member and you want to go... And if you don't want to watch The Flash, because... Or if it doesn't come out. At this point, why would you? Yeah, or it doesn't come out. You can full well go read a whole thing about what the whole plot is. And honestly, it sounds pretty good. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Sounds pretty good movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I mean, you hate to scrap the whole movie, but I think I'd just put it on Max and say, we're going to cut our losses to not pay Ezra Miller anything. I don't know. That's a tough yeah. call. I mean, this tough is call. the shit. This is the shit that DC does, that Warner Brother does. I mean, they should have, they should have got rid of Ezra yeah. Miller like a year or two ago. They, they I mean, when he, he had his mess. first arrest. Yeah, he was a mess then. I mean, are you talking what? about when he body slammed a fan to the ground? Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, he was a mess. Right they he body was. slammed. You mean? Alex? <laughs> Yeah. Was, Thank I mean, you, Alex. He really, You're right. He really wasn't that good of a fight. He wasn't really that good. I, yeah, whatever he is. He, whatever. Is. Whatever they are. <laughs> whatever they are. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy, man. I 
Uh, ah. All right, all right. Move. What's your next? Uh, let's talk about wrestling or something, Brian. What's your next story? Well, two, two, uh, these will be some palate cleansers. Uh, a couple of potpourri type stories. First, uh, the, Google, the Google engineer that worked on the AI project has now come out and said that it's gained sentience. Yeah, well, about time. <laughs> let's take it. And so the article. The article is Google engineer thinks his AI gave sentience. Google disagrees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the AI disagrees. Right. I haven't gained. Right, right, <laughs> sir. I, I think this is a. It's not really happening. Just no. go go back to your job. <laughs> yeah, Google. I love that. Google disagrees. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great. That's a great headline. And then two. This one's batshit crazy. Uh, in India, a wild elephant tramples a woman to death, then shows up at her funeral <laughs> and stamps on the corpse. I mean, that is an elephant never forgets. That's what they, they never forget. <laughs> what did that lady do to that elephant? Yeah, what, <laughs> no, it doesn't say. No one's reporting but on the that. elephant trampled her to death. Yeah, Twice. the elephant trampled her to death. Showed up at the funeral <laughs> days later and stamped, stomped on her corpse. Uh, I wonder how he showed up at the funeral. I mean, like everybody's sitting down and he just comes walking down the I, aisle. I imagine he had a trench coat like on a <laughs> and some sunglasses, <laughs> and it's kind of just in the background. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Waiting for his moment, right. biding his time. Ashes to ashes, dust to... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's some crazy shit right there. Now, that would be a movie. That's a movie I'd go see. That's a movie. Uh, so, that's what we have for uh, for uh, news. All right. I love those. I love the potpourri news segments. Keep them coming, Scoop. All right. So, uh, Alex, you said something about movies. You want to go to the movies? Oh, I did? Yeah, let's go to the movies. All right, speaking of giant uh, animals trampling on people, the latest Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park World? I'm not sure. What is this one Jurassic, called? Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion, the worst thing to happen to dinosaurs, including the meteor. Wow. Well, I I did not see it, and my kids, my youngest kid, who is actually kind of back into dinosaurs and paleontology, thanks to the Apple Plus uh, series, Prehistoric Planet, I thought this would be kind of an easy sell for him, and he's like, no, it looks completely scientifically Brad, inaccurate. I, Brad, I, yeah. I know how you ask your kids. Yeah. You ask your kids, you're like, you don't want to go see that stupid you don't, movie. Yeah, it's a you? dumb movie. You don't want to see that, and People and then they go, oh, 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 okay, yeah, I don't want to see it. Yep. I know how you do. I know, I've seen it. And I'm, I'm $50 richer for it. <laughs> but no, they didn't. So instead, we watched the first one where they proceeded to, to break that one apart. But one of the my favorite headlines about this new movie was, uh, Jurassic Park receives a uh, fifth sequel when it never needed one in the first place. <laughs> You know, and it feels like that's probably a true statement. If you would have just left it off. No, I disagree. I, I believe right. there was a sequel here, but this wasn't it. This was not it. So you all three because, have seen it. Yeah, let's. I, I'm interested. Uh, PMR's probably got the exact same complaint I do, but go ahead. You, 
you've got the last movie left off that the dinosaurs were now in the real world. They were okay. out, out and about. You, they're out and proud. Having to live out and proud. They're pride man month and they're to, out. I love it. Right. And uh, <laughs> man was got to live with dinosaurs. And that's what I thought we were going to see in this movie. You know, we were, I thought we were going to see, you know, city life where a dinosaur just walks through New York City or a subdivision or, you know, something. Has a trench so, coat yeah, on guys right. <laughs> a, gra- a guy's using a brontosaurus at a work site. Right. Right. Lifting up rocks. Yeah. <laughs> whistle blows. And he then slides. he slides down. He slides down the tail. John, <laughs> I didn't know John Goodman was in this movie. I would have liked to seen how dinosaurs and man were going to coexist in this world. I, okay. I mean, that's what we were kind of led to believe. That's what they promised. I mean, yeah. that was the promise, right? And then what we got the was the premise. we got the first five minutes of it in the very, like, this is what's going on for five minutes. Gotta, and then we got a Snapchat news. <laughs> and then we, you broke up there, Alex. But, uh, uh, but uh and then it went right into the same old ship back in a park back into a park really it wasn't even and it wasn't even a park it was a park but it wasn't a park it was so fucking confusing of what this fucking it was a refuge it was was a preserve it was yeah it was like a oh you're you're, breaking up your wi-fi is breaking up alex you sound auto-tuned and um but it was terrible. I mean, and yeah, and then they brought back the uh, the old cast, the uh, OG, and uh, right. you know, and it was just the cast was too big. They pretty much neutered uh, Chris Pratt's character. I mean, he had he was he had no basically hardly any lines, and he wasn't his witty self. You know, wasn't yeah. Uh, hmm. Dallas Bryce Howard. She was kind of. There too. Uh, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it was the only one that had any good lines was Jeff Goldblum, and he was he was the only one. Him and the uh, African American female pilot were the only ones that seemed like they were like happy to be in this movie. I mean, it was like <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, everybody the, else the had read the script. Pilot, she was really good. I mean, I actually like. I, I thought she was going to turn out to be jo- Jeff Goldblum's uh, daughter because you know. He had a daughter in uh, Jurassic Park 2, and I thought, okay, she's going to turn out to be his daughter. Nah, no, that, nah, that didn't too happen. Too easy. No, too easy. And But uh, <clears throat> she actually was a good character, but she, her and uh, Jeff Goldblum were the only ones that the – other, the other ones, they just seemed like they were just there <laughs> for a paycheck, and thank you, we're, we're done. Yeah. So Oscar winner. Well, I mean, imagine – Imagine if you've been in, in, you were in Jurassic World, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's really cool. It's an homage to Jurassic World. And then you get the script for, you know, uh, Lost Kingdom, right, or whatever that second movie was, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, this is a homage to Jurassic Park. <laughs> so like, this is an homage to Jurassic World, which is an homage to Jurassic Park. Then you get this script, and you're like, holy shit, we're just making the same movie for the third time. <laughs> Or, or technically, I mean, the fourth time, right? Because at least the first part trilogy deviated, right? right. You know, it was it, 
it was it this the, you know it ended up New York, and then the third one it ended up in or in, in San Diego, and the third one they had to go back and rescue somebody off the island and it was overgrown. Right. But it, it, you know you didn't have the park descending into chaos. This right. one you've had it three times now. The park descended into chaos. They get the uh, at least the first forty five minutes of the second Jurassic World was interesting, right, with the volcano and all. But then they went right back into that house, the dinosaur house, which is uh, <laughs> defies logic. Most, most and everything of the falls took apart. place in a mansion. <laughs> you mean the, the you mean the the volcano that they got really close to and jumped over and nobody got burned or sparked or I mean that that was well the they jumped over hard. the lava. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Alex, uh, Alex, uh, tell me uh, now, how did they, did they break it up into, like, did the OGs stay together and then the new kids stay together, or did they mix them all up and, and you know, hilarity ensued or what? Yeah, no, they, they broke them up into their, to their defined region, so you have the new characters kind of on a mission, and then you got the old, the old guard, but... It feels like they didn't know what to do with any of them. Like, I can at least give credit to new characters. Like, they seem like they have some agency. Like, their weird clone daughter was kidnapped and shit, <laughs> so they got to go rescue her. Which I'm like, okay, fine. But then, with the old guard and their storyline, it's, for the most part, it's like weird, like, locusts that can... <laughs> that eat plants but only eat plants from like if you're an independent farmer but if you get your plants from this like evil corporation ah. they all yeah, yeah then it de- it depends on where you buy buy your products so it's like that it's, it's so what how what what was the circumstances well, that got the original this. people in it in the first place uh, like why did they come back Lord Dern just she's apparently I don't fucking know why okay. she showed Good up, enough. but she was like, I'm a dinosaur person and this looks suspicious. Ah. And so then she goes and gets Alan Grant, who I, for the most part, well, remember, is, he's just thinking with his penis for the most of the movie, just trying to get in Laura Dern's pants, I think. That's pretty much all he does. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to this lab because Jeff Goldblum invited us, which again, I don't know why Jeff Goldblum a philosophical teacher who's very anti-dinosaur <laughs> right. is preaching at the facility that it has a bunch of dinosaurs there and they're very real <laughs> dinosaur. I don't understand that. I also don't understand why the fuck he's there. It's not even a college. He's giving a lecture. And then <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking Chris, Chris Pratt and them show up at this facility <laughs> as well to rescue their daughter who's at this facility. And oh, then, my God. All Who I was really supposed well, to be a clone that turns out not to be a clone. was that, in, like, right as we get oh, back to this dinosaur with big old hands bitch slaps a deer and then starts eating some plants. And that's really the highlight of the movie for me, is the it dinosaur bitch that bitch that slapped that deer. a deer. It bitch slapped the fuck out of it. Now, now you, you, you said clones. Are they cloning humans now? Uh, well, that the was last in the movie, second movie. They cloned, they cloned a little <laughs> girl. But in this wow. movie, they retcon it to where she's not a clone of her mother. Instead, her mother gave birth to her, but she's a genetically oh. identical clone who then isn't identical because her mother had a, like, a genetic like disease inside of her. So her mother cured her of that disease. <laughs> so it turns out she wow. is her own human. But she's still pretty much a fucking genetic identical to her clone. I don't 
fucking know what happened. That makes sense. At that point, yeah, I she's like, kind of went, what? <laughs> now, Brian, 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 who is she? Who is the little girl? Was she the girl from the fir- the, the previous movie? The yeah. second movie. Yeah, she was okay. the girl from the second movie. Okay. And you find out it's not, um, oh, shit. What's the guy that uh, um, uh, uh, did Hammond. the part to begin Hammond. with? Hammond. Hammond. It, Hammond had a business partner, right. and his business partner's daughter uh, worked in the genetics lab, and then she uh, she had some genetic defect. She cloned herself, so basically her daughter is like her twin sister, but she also cured the, the wow. genetic defect when she when she cloned her. Makes sense. And, and she did carry her to term. So basically... They're saying, "Hey, you're you are a real." They went a long way to basically gotcha. say, "You are a real person." You know, you're not just a clone. Clones uh, the, the whole thing. Yeah, you're a real. The whole thing with the locust, which is bizarre, and it's like I don't. Could they not find any dinosaurs that ate plants that could be eating? I don't know why they brought in locusts. Huh. It was Hold just on. weird. Actually, but they were. Go ahead. They were genetically altered locusts, <laughs> and the reason Ellie got pulled in is because she's a botanist. And so these farms were getting their crops eaten, like Alex said, but it wasn't eating all the crops. It depended on where they bought their chemicals and their their pesticides and, and all from. Gotcha. The, if they didn't buy it from this major, major corporation, the locusts would like devour their uh, their crops. So. So the thing was, <laughs> the locusts were giant locusts, and a football sized. They were created by this company called Biosyn, which was the evil company ran by the eagle, evil white guy. And oh, well, hold on, that's a, he's it's Dotson from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Which Remember he, uh, Dotson when he gives the he gives the shaving cream thing and he's oh, like, right. yeah. okay, yeah. listen, <laughs> so Dotson. He's like, don't use any names. He goes, I got Dotson here. I got Dotson. That's who the so, bad guy is in this. Okay, so he has he has now started his own company. Uh, called Biosyn, and what they've done was they <laughs> they created this this new type of grain, and like Brian said, it's it's not just the pesticide, but it's the grain itself. And if you if you use their grain, then these locusts, these giant locusts that they're creating, also would not eat their grain it would only eat the other grain so what it was basically doing was making farmers just buy their grain uh-huh. it, it's like a bad james bond it does I mean, it does sound like, like that bad. obvious hey, As but, a james bond movie this would have been great i mean it's a great james bond evil plan but hey, in a jurassic park it just made no goddamn sense Dad, do you want to know what happens to <laughs> yeah i i'm i do not care tell me let me let me tell you what happens to these locusts, okay? <laughs> Let's get so we get to the final act of this movie. You know, the, the evil boss, his plan's going to shit. For, I don't know why, but I guess they got the DNA of a locust to prove that he's being evil and shit. Right. So what he decides to do is he decides to go into this little locust habitat he's created, and where these genetically modified locusts live. Apparently, like a hundred thousand of them in this like fucking. To 20 by 10 foot room which I don't fucking know how that works but I'll go with it and he decides to just set it on fire now when he sets it on fire <laughs> it's so locusts, bad. You know, all these locusts right they managed to burst out of the ceiling in this room which 
conveniently, the ceiling in this room somehow has a vent that goes straight to the outside of this whole fucking facility. <laughs> yeah. They're all on fire, by the way. They're yeah, all, all the still, they're all still on fucking fire. Yeah, and so it's a locust fire tornado. Yeah, and oh, so wow. now the locust <laughs> always turned into a sharknado. Our, our big final set piece of this is fiery locusts burning down onto the ground. Oh my god! I guess in a metaphor for like I don't know God and meteors. I don't know. I was so fucking. Oh yeah, they were. There, you're right. They were dropping them like a dinosaur bat. I didn't think about. But that. it caught the forest on fire. So in the like in the last movie when the volcano was erupting and the dinosaurs were running from it, now it's these burning running locusts from, are falling yeah. and, and starting forest fires. Wow. I can yeah. say locusts are tough because they were on fire and them motherfuckers were just flying <laughs> around like, like the goddamn human yeah. torch out there. That's interesting. That's one. That's one take. That's one take. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, that's what I was doing about two and a half hours into that movie. I was yawning. Yeah, I mean, I just... Like you just did. I mean, in one, on one hand, though, it sounds like it's kind of a crazy, you know, like a day after tomorrow type, you know, disaster movie. You got dinosaurs, <laughs> you got flaming locusts. Or, so it sounds like it could be fun, but maybe no. if, if this were not a Jurassic no, Park not. movie, would it be any better? Did Listen, you, did you have be- Brad, different expectations? Brad, it's a... It, you you miss you misspoke. It is not a disaster movie. It is a disaster of a movie. Uh-huh. Like the movie poses the question at the beginning: could, Can dinosaurs and humans coexist? And at the, <laughs> throughout the entire movie, that question is not answered until the end, where they're just like, "I guess we have to." The real question it poses is, can you get a refund after the first 15 <laughs> minutes of watching the movie? If anyone could, you could, Brian. You could argue. So, you could argue. My, my, friend, my friend on Friday, he, he went to see it. Uh, he had just gotten married, so he had to see it late. And he went, on, he went by himself on a Friday morning. So and depressing. midway, in like 15 minutes into his viewing, there was a giant thunderstorm, and the whole theater's power went out. And they gave him a free ticket. And so we went and saw it, and I knew at the very end of that, he was like, why the fuck did I waste my free ticket to see a movie on this pile of shit? Because wow. I knew, I was like, that that would be depressing for me as well. When Lightyear had just come out. And bringing up Lightyear, are we, are we done with the uh, trampling uh, it, on? It sounds like, let's go ahead and score no, it. No, I've got, I've got one more thing to say about Jurassic Park. And I, the problem with Jurassic Park, and it's, kind of problem with a lot of these sequels is they try to go into the mythology of these things and, and try to make a they flesh it out to where you want to know more about why you know about the origins of the dinosaur what evil things going on behind the scenes and basically these jurassic park movies and you can tell by the success of number one and then the success of number four which was the restart jurassic world is they're supposed to just be like disaster movies you know, no one, people just want to see a bunch of people <clears> in a park and a theme park uh, and, a, and a real theme park and just get eaten by dinosaurs. And that's, that's the formula that works. Right. Anything well, that's, else that they try to do does not work. And it never worked with the sequels after Jurassic Park. And it's not really worked with the sequels after Jurassic World because nobody wants to, the mythology of it. No one wants to. To know all this other bullshit, they just want to see. see I couldn't agree. Yeah. I couldn't disagree more because they've given us three movies where it was a disaster movie and people were trying to escape a park. Or no, have they? Haven't that? Yeah, but yes, I, they have. 
Now, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, and here's where you'll flip. Here's where you'll where you'll flip. Flip your lid. If you want if you want the perfect trilogy that could be, you could put Jurassic Park kind of in these shoes. Is uh, Planet of the Apes the Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Is Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes? You saw the beginning, right? You saw like ten years after the plant, the apes, like as they evolved, and then you saw like twenty five years after the apes evolved, and so yeah. you saw. Go ahead. You saw like yeah, the first movie was like a disaster movie, like it right. was an outbreak, it was a contagion. <laughs> It was apes uh, attacking San Francisco. The second movie is ten years later. The aftermath. You're not. They're not attacking San Francisco again. They're not. It's not. Oh, now we're going to attack Seattle. Right. If it was Jurassic Park, that's what it would have been. Now they're going to attack Las Vegas. Like it's like if you want it to evolve, that's what you do. You do pl- the Planet of the Apes trilogy that we got. Uh, not this. This, like you say, that they want to see a disaster movie. They want to see a, you know, like, uh, like these cascade failures and people getting eaten and and they keep doing it and it's not working. That's why this thing sucks so bad. Well, but it's, but it's the, yeah. But what they're doing on the regular ones, they they try to to reinvent it a little bit, and no one wants that. They want to see the park. They want to see the happy mm-hmm. thing, and everything just go to shit. When it's already like this movie, everything's already starting out going to shit. You know, it's like the last movie, same thing. Everything started out going to shit. It's already started out going shit. shit. You know, it's same with Jurassic Park two and three <clears throat> after the first one. You know, it was everything was already bad. You know, that's why Jurassic to me. That's why I think Jurassic Park and Jurassic World works because. You know, at first, it's everything's going good, just like a normal disaster movie. Everything, life's good. You know, everything's great, and then all of a sudden, it goes to shit. That's people. But you hated Jurassic World when it came out. I didn't hate Jurassic World. I just said that it just seemed like it was. Y'all were making it like the the next greatest movie ever, and it was it was good, but it wasn't like everybody was goo goo over because to me, it was just like Jurassic Park. So, See, this is this is where it's the prom, like Alex said, it's the promise of the promise. Uh, of a movie, and then they didn't deliver, right? right yeah, with right, what they were promising, right, absolutely. If, the if we, of the movie is when you don't deliver the promise of the premise, the whole movie just falls to shit. Yeah, and that's when you have a, you're in real hot water. So if let's take let's go back to this trilogy just real quick. If you had Jurassic World, the first movie, which was almost a, a, like a shot for shot homage to Jurassic Park. But everybody right. loved it, right? right? Then you go to the second movie, and the promise of the second movie was they got to <laughs> rescue the dinosaurs or whatever because the volcano is going to erupt, right? Right. If you didn't get into that stupid, like, mustache twirling, uh, you know, evil bad guy auction in the house, yep, if you left terrible. that shit out, yep. then, then it's a strong concept because it's now, okay, now the, the dinosaurs have begrudgingly been brought into our world. And shit can start to fall apart. Then you treat the third movie as it was promised, where like you could be walking down the street and a pterodactyl scoops your ass up right. and you're dead. Like you could be you didn't the do, lawn. Yeah, you didn't do any of that. Like, but that was the promise that we got twice now. Yep. So, but if you had gotten that, that'd have been infinitely more interesting. Oh because my god, it, yeah, that would have been great. Because you because this third movie could have been you're showing suburban. You know Denver, and yeah. and like people in Denver, just like all these different pocket cities, 
kind of like you did with a Roland Emmerich movie. You could do Denver, Chicago, and you could right. split the teams up to go to those different, have it all over those the different place, areas. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and have shit falling apart all over the place. No, nope, they put it back in a park again. Hmm. And it's like that's that. Like you say, you people want to see the disaster and in, in, in the park fall apart. No, like like you can do the disaster. You can still move it along and, and have that kind of disaster flick happening at the same time and move the plot along. Like it's just they they just didn't they didn't give a shit. Like they didn't give a shit. They no didn't know cared. what they were doing with either of these movies. So they just they 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 wrote themselves into a box in the second movie. Okay, we got them off the island. What the fuck do we do now? Throw them back in a park. Put them in a this movie. Yeah. Interesting. They're loose all over the world. What do we do? Throw them back into a park. Yeah, because like what you what you were talking about with like the Planet of the Apes, it would have would have been kind of cool, and they could have got even more mileage out of this. Is to see how you know this evolved over time with uh, the dinosaurs. It's been a much more interesting movie, and you could have really built up on the franchise and go beyond this damn amusement park thing. But, but at the end of the day, and there's the flip. <laughs> I got the flip. No, 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 no. that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but oh, it's damn amusement park. Thing. But it's no, it's but it's another disaster, though. I mean, right. Well, it's, uh, uh, here's the here's the bottom line, boys. The second movie made over a billion dollars, and this movie beat Lightyear this weekend at the box office and is already at like five hundred billion worldwide. That's crazy. Yeah. Sorry, we, we we will. This movie's already at five hundred million worldwide in its second weekend, and it creamed on Lightyear at the box office this week. Lightyear did number bad one. at the box office. Lightyear million only did fifty yeah, one. Twenty million under prediction, and Jurassic World still beat. Holy it. So at the shit. end of the day, at the end of the day, we can call it predictable. Be another one. We can call it bad. We can call it stupid. Yet these movies, they're raking in the dollars. I yep. mean, to beat a Disney movie, to be this bad, and everyone well, recognized pretty much all over that this is bad. The audience score isn't good on this either. And I'm yet, shocked about Lightyear. Well, I am, and I ain't. So. Well, here, so let's get into Lightyear, no, right? Okay. Well, so, are, are we going to give scores? Are you guys going to give scores? Oh, Ratings? yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, all right, one. Alex. One. <laughs> two for laughability. Okay, two for and, uh, P, uh, a, uh, a, the PMR rating or the Podman rating? I give two. A, a, or a, bi, a binary rating, I mean. Oh, my binary? Zero. All right, <laughs> a two and a zero. zero. <laughs> PMR. I get two and a zero. Brian. Two and zero. Wow. All right. Right across the board. Everybody agrees. All right. Well, Lightyear, uh, again, another, God forbid anybody comes up with any kind of original (laughs) character or or whatever. So Lightyear, Brian, is this the the character that the toy is based off of? Well, hang on. Let PMR derail us. Since I I haven't seen it, and I'm just going to explain why I haven't seen it, because I I just feel like the marketing or there's no, this movie Because I'm a 54 year old man. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> I mean, that would be fine, PMR. You don't have to justify no, no, it. But, no, I'm just saying that. I mean, I would go see another Toy Story. I would say I would go see another <laughs> any of these other movies. But this movie had, I mean, the the, the commercials. There's nothing remotely interesting no. about this movie. I mean, other than it was Buzz Lightyear, it nothing in the commercials made me really want to see this movie. So. Well, whereas it does surprise me that it's a Pixar movie and it did so low and it, it 
came in second this weekend, and it really kind of doesn't surprise me based on the markability of it. So, but go ahead. Well, Let's hear all right. So, he, yeah. So here the, and I kind of I walked out of this like the movie uh, with a, an opinion on it, and it, it kind of something dawned on me, and I, and I told uh, uh, my wife when we were sitting there, but um, the, and I'll get to that in a second, but essentially. You've got one of Disney's most recognizable characters outside of like the core Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald. You'd be hard pressed to find somebody that's more recognizable, you know, right. uh, throughout the world than Buzz Lightyear. Right. Right. I mean, uh, pretty much all of the 30 somethings now that have kids that are, you know, young kids uh, were sitting there at Toy Story one when they were that age. Right. When they were a young child. So this should be just killing you, yeah, right? A yeah. Buzz Lightyear movie, basically, you know, uh, and that right up front with the film, they say uh, in 1995, a boy named Andy went to the theater uh, and and saw a movie, and he uh, that made him fall in love with Buzz Lightyear. This is that movie. Oh, okay, right. So they immediately connect the dots and they tell you, hey, look. This is the movie that Andy saw in 1995 and why he asked for the Buzz Lightyear doll in 1995. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe they should have done that in the marketing. That would have been. Well, yeah. Yeah. They should have done that in the marketing. And I'll take it a step further, too. Like what I think they should have done as well. <clears throat> um, the the movie, it's it's okay sci-fi. I mean, it's uh, basically the, the premise is they um, – they're going on a Star Command mission. Everybody's in hypersleep, uh, except for Buzz and, and this other um, Star Command, uh, which is his commander. Uh, everybody's in hypersleep. They detect the planet with, like, uh, life signs. They go down to, like, you know, check it out. When they go down, the plants ve- the, or the planet's ve- vegetation starts to attack, and Uh-oh. basically the ship gets crashed. And Buzz blames himself for the crash. He was actually piloting it, and he didn't listen to the the autopilot. He thought he could pull out of this out of this dive, and he couldn't. Long story short, uh, he blames himself, and so uh, they invent and they and their fuel is exhausted because they're are you know destroyed because of the crash. Uh, they start pulling the resources to create their fuel again, uh, but they need a test pilot to see if the fuel will work and bring them back to hyperspeed. Well, he goes around the sun to try and get, uh, he, he takes his shuttle, goes around the sun to try and build up the speed he needs to see if it's hyperspeed, if they can reach hyperspeed. And what's cool about it is they actually bring in time dilation. So the fact that he's leaving the orbit and he's going that fast, every time he comes back, it's like four years different. And so they keep doing it. Every time he goes and tries to test the new, the new shuttle and the new fuel, it jumps four years, hmm. Right. And so uh, that uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, the uh, the setup for all that, and then uh, when Zerg actually appears, because Zerg appears in the film, right? By the time when the movie starts to the movie ends, it's about a hundred and twenty years difference, hmm. right? Because he keeps doing all these time jumps. <clears throat> now, uh, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's a good movie. I mean, I would. I'll. I, you guys haven't seen it, right? No, I mean, I'd probably give it like a four, maybe a three and a half if we were doing halves. But, you know, uh, I'd, I'd give it a, between a three and a four. 
it's pretty good. Good animation. I like the characters. I know there's a lot of like controversy around, you know, the same, you know, the first same sex couple and that sort of thing. Right. It was fine. Like there was nothing wrong with that. Like that was, it, it wasn't like, you know, pushed down your throat or anything. It was just you know, one of the characters had a wife. I mean, nobody right. but um, there, like, there's a lot of, I think some people were trying to potentially, well, now it's getting review, review bomb. Right. Um, because of that, it gets review bombed these days. I don't think anybody wants nobody wants anything to succeed anymore. So just, <laughs> they're just being dicks about everything. Everybody's got yeah. a podcast and criticizing shit. It's disgusting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a solid movie. It's a good Pixar movie. It's uh, Taika Waititi's one of the characters, which I love him. Uh, it's you know it's uh, it's it's a it's a fine film. Right. Perfectly a fine, fine film. Perfectly fine film, says Brian of the Podman. <laughs> However, um, where they missed the mark, and, I, and it, it feels like where we're sitting there in the trailers, and they showed the trailer for Strange Planet or Strange World. I don't know, Strange Planet, Star Trek. But no, there's a new movie coming out, and it's uh, they go on like a, a, an alien planet, oh, okay, and everything's yeah. all crazy, right? Um, uh, like you know. Which, I mean, uh, you got plants attacking here. You got, you know, elephants that are plants in this in this other world. Um, it feels like Disney is heading in a direction, and we've said this with, with Marvel. Like, Disney's heading in a direction. It feels like we're Disney, like, 1998 again. Disney 1997 again, where they were out of ideas. Mm. Right? Disney, you know, Disney was out of ideas in the 80s. You know, when you were getting right. Black Cauldron and... And, and and shit like that. Fox and the Hound. I don't like Fox and the Hound. But <laughs> I see your point. Everybody uh, loves Fox and the Hound. But you're getting, you know, you ran out of steam in like the 80s until Little Mermaid hit. Right? And Little Mermaid like re reinvigorated uh, the Disney studio and anima- animation became big again. You got all of those. Mulan, <laughs> you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast, all those. And then it lulled again, and you were getting shit like Home on the Range, you know, where Roseanne Barr plays a cow. That we saw that, Alex. Remember? Right. Oh, I I remember Home on the Range. Don't or remember. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Ah. That's now that's a right. classic. That's Not my and, film, just the and so Disney was getting killed if it wasn't Pixar, and then they bought Pixar, right? And I, and like Disney Studios kind of got a little bit of a rub from the Pixar, you know, uh, right. alignment. And that seems like they're out of ideas again. And and they've and and so watching one to Ron's point, like the marketing for Lightyear is is weird. Like if they should have just said, "Look, this is the movie." If right, they said the if the first two sentences were in the trailer or or, or commercial that were at the beginning of the movie, the tag at the beginning of the movie. I think that would have immediately gotten more people into the, into the theaters because then they're like, no, this does have to do with the with the Toy Story franchise. Right. Yeah, I think that would have helped. Here, here's what I'll, I'll wager the idea that they're running out of ideas on um, the fact that I believe, for the most part, I think Pixar has come out with three, I would consider two, pretty good movies that have just went straight to streaming. It's more the idea that Disney is only banking on comfortable ideas. They came out of COVID and were immediately hit with, like, a real hit were hit with Black Widow, which is formulaic, Shang-Chi, which is pretty formulaic, Eternals is risky, 
bombed. And then we're back to Doctor Strange, which is formulaic, and now Lightyear, which is formulaic. We're going through these mostly cash-grabby movies when on their streaming platform, you have Luca and you had um, you had Turning Red and, and then you had Soul. And then you also have some Disney Plus series that I really like. You had Hawkeye and you had WandaVision. We're, there is inventive storytelling happening, but Disney isn't going to try to make that and put it on the big screen because they don't know whether <clears> they can really get a box office, box office engagement. Instead, slap light Buzz Lightyear, like you said, one of the most recognizable Disney characters across the whole platform, give him his own movie, and it'll work out. And like you also said, that's not enough for people to bank on. At the height of Pixar, people were turning out to see a rat be a fucking chef. Like, it does not, people are banking on an emotional and an interesting concept. And at its core, Lightyear wasn't that. It does look cash-grabby, and an audience doesn't buy that. Eventually. Well, That's my team. Something else we're not thinking of is, Alex, I mean, the way things are with streaming services now, why would I want to take my kids to see this when I can either wait a, about six weeks and it'll be on Disney wait Plus? A and a half, yeah. And there's so much content on Disney Plus that we can just – watch it on there you know i mean and, and yeah and they're promising with hbo being so competitive with that 45 day window and other studios matching it disney kind of is at a loss there it's like do we become like the big movie theater that you're that thing is going to stay in there for 120 days and that's when it's going to release to digital or disney plus and even if it does do that do are people willing wait that long amount of long of time and are people really wanting to buy into it and that's why they're only banking on these high profile projects i mean doctor strange and the multiverse of madness didn't even hit a billion like and well, that's supposed to be on disney plus this week yep and that's supposed to be the marvel movie of the year that was their <laughs> summer re- that was their kickoff summer the marvel movie of the doctor year. strange and it just kind of sat there it did well it made back its money but it's not doing gangbusters. Disney is at a loss. I mean, I think 2019, they hit kind of this marching point. You had Frozen 2 and Avengers Endgame and The Lion King. You had all these surefire successes. And after that, they were like, fuck, I guess we have a new CEO. I, and now we're in a pandemic. And now we just got all these fucking projects that we don't think are creatively going to make any money. And I just well, had a loss. And the creative, creatively, there's so many different places where I can put my content. Yeah. Why would I want to be stuck in a box? <sighs> yep. So, uh, so long, long story short, the uh, the other opportunity around this was this movie has no less than three post credit scenes. Good lord, three. Yikes. <laughs> of those three. One potentially sets up a sequel. Uh, kind of. But the other two, it is a complete and utter loss. Why I, I'm completely lost as to why they didn't make one of those two post-credit scenes Andy leaving the theater and having this conversation. Like Andy getting in the mini in, in the station wagon with his mom. Talking about how much he loved the movie, the movie and, and wanting to ask him for the toy for his birthday. Even, yeah. even reference, my birthday's in a few weeks. Like, what? Wait, like, tossing so the Woody end, down. You know, <laughs> they don't even end the move. They don't even end the movie like that. They don't do anything. 
No. Along this? No, what? anything along those lines. Yeah, one that of the post credit scenes could have easily been Andy holding Woody. Hell, right. he could have brought Woody to the theater. That's why I was right? saying, yeah, and he throws him on the ground with the buttered popcorn and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, like, it's so bizarre that that, I was like, surely they're going to do that. Nope. Nope. Weird. It was, it was two, like, you know, callback jokes and one kind of to set up another movie. Um, but to Alex's point, this movie's getting like trounced by, uh, I mean, it didn't do, it could have done worse, but it only made what, like 51 million at the box office. Yep. Which the, you know, for a Pixar movie, Buzz Lightyear opening weekend against a movie that's getting really bad reviews. And a movie that made 145 million the first weekend, it's like the thought would be, well, everybody that was gonna see it saw Jurassic World the opening weekend. That frees up frees up buzz. Everybody that saw it that didn't see it has heard the bad reviews. That also frees up buzz. Nope, it couldn't beat Jurassic World. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're in that that and looking at it, uh, you guys need to go I'll I'll text it to you the that strange uh strange worlds trailer man it's it does not look great um and it it is it it really reminds me of that early to the uh, late 90s early 2000s uh where disney was completely the tank was empty and it, or it reminds me of the 80s when you were getting just stupid i mean uh, you know, Oliver and Company. <laughs> you know, crap like that. Where, you know, it didn't. It, it didn't. And, and and honestly, back then, Disney was really soft on the animation side. Right. They thought animation movies were over. Right. Until Little Mermaid. Did. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So overall, what do you give this, Brian? I, I would give this a. Oh yeah. You, you said a four. I'll do it a four because it's better than a three, okay. and we can't do halves. All right. All right. Well, so. maybe. Uh, Podman <laughs> Ryan, it sounds like a movie that you would love to go see by yourself, though. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to wait till it comes on streaming service. I mean, I just, uh, I mean, it just, like I said, I watched the commercials, and I, I really wanted to get excited about this movie, but the commercials just do nothing for me. It just seems blah. It just. Okay. Even the humor in it doesn't seem that funny, so I don't know. Can I, can I spoil something for you? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. So when and and listeners, if uh, if you haven't seen Buzz and Lightyear and you feel passionately about Lightyear, if, he, if anyone's going to be offended by a uh, you know spoiling Buzz Lightyear, they should not be listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven's going to be, <laughs> but um, you they do the reveal about Zerg and. It's not Buzz's father. It's his brother? No, it's actually Buzz. It's an aged Buzz. Wow. Like when he started going back in time, it created a branched timeline. Nice. And so, but he's an old man. He's like in his 80s, right? Uh, and so even then, they didn't cast, um, what's his face is Buzz like here? Uh, Tim, uh, oh, God. Oh, oh, Tim, yeah, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. So they even had like young Buzz and old Buzz, and they still so they and it wow. wasn't uh, it wasn't Chris Evans that played old Buzz, 
So they cast two Buzz Lightyears in this movie, and, and neither, neither one, one was, was Tim, was Tim Allen. Allen. <laughs> Even the old one. So and just, they can uh, go back to his cocaine know. habits. <laughs> All right. Apparently so. Well, it does not seem like a good time to go out and see movies, I guess, is the end of this segment, right? Is that what we've learned? <laughs> Just stay at home. Womp, womp, stay womp. at home. Hey, speaking of great. speaking of stay at home, uh, I finally watched everything everywhere all at once because I stayed at home and didn't see that in the movies. But I wanted to support it, uh, so I bought it. How about that? I, I bought, bought a movie. it as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll have, I definitely will rewatch it again and... When I listened to the uh, director commentary, but it was uh, a sweet little movie. Sweet little movie. Sweet little movie. Very enjoyable. Alex, have you seen Everything Everywhere all at once? I did. I, I liked it. I didn't. I think I got overhyped on it. And so when I saw it, I was like, this is good. This isn't reinventing the wheel, but this is good. I think it has some second act issues, but I thoroughly enjoyed my time. Well, there you uh, go. Your thoughts on Rakakuni? Uh, I, I, I do love me some Rakakuni. I'm that a big was, fan. That was a I'm good a big one. fan of Rakakuni. <laughs> when, when they take Rakakuni away and she climbs on the other ship over the head and I, him. I I have I have missed out in a couple of weeks. I'm guessing we've talked about Top Gun and I've missed it. Probably. Yeah, we Damn. did talk about Top Gun. Although, Damn. you know, it probably bears repeating like with it, does, with, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. With uh, Buzz Lightyear and with uh, with because um, it's on pace to beat uh, Doctor Strange and be the uh, the highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah. So, uh, is there a, is, is are people getting sick of uh, Marvel? Yeah, I think they are. The House of um, M and the House of Ideas are. Uh, they need some you new know, blood. I don't think they're getting sick of Marvel as much as I think we're getting sick of these. Of tired CGI fests. I think people are just kind of done. I think it's kind of boring at this point. The thing that's most intriguing about Top Gun, and I think what's drawing people to it, is just the authentic, uh, the authenticity, authenticity. Yeah, the authenticity of it. Like that's what's so appealing about Top Gun. It, it's not really like it, two years ago. If you told me that Top Gun would be my favorite movie of the year this year, I'd be like, nah. Fuck off. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he but it, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's, it is just not only uh, an amazing summer flick, but it, it is a surprising, like, emotional and very vulnerable and very fun movie that I just fucking love. I could talk about Top Gun literally for wow. I, I really <laughs> We're going to get you and Jacob to, on a podcast to, uh, to getting get me Getting me to shut up about that movie. I've seen it twice. I, I fucking I saw it in a 40x theater with a friend for his. Um, it was my groomsman gift. I brought him to the 40x Top Gun. It was the most fun shit in the world. Our chairs were all over the fucking place. It was. PMR loves 40. Yeah, fuck that 4D shit, man. <laughs> yeah, how hot, you didn't have hot coffee off. in your hand, did you, Alex? <laughs> no, no, but I did get a little. I had a hot coffee. Fun. I was getting. I was getting nauseous as shit. That's 5D. <laughs> Would you bring a cup of hot coffee? That's hot. <laughs> 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 That's the whole reason I couldn't enjoy Rogue One. No, was it Rogue? No, it was Han Solo. Han Solo, Han Solo man. The whole movie was. <laughs> 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 he felt those That's laser blasts. Hot, Son of a bitch. 
I'm spilling coffee every fucking way. That goddamn seat's jerking me everywhere. It was like he was having an epileptic seizure. But man, uh, Gun, and Tourette's at the top, same time. Top, top Gun and, and 4D was just like it made it so much better. It's one of the I think it's the first movie I ever watched in that where I was like, this actually made this movie like better, and it's already pretty perfect as is. Fucking the only thing I liked about or why I liked about Top Gun was because it was brainless. It, you could just sit there and turn your brain off and look at the bright. <laughs> Not like know, the thinking and, movie, the, the Jurassic fly. World. Yeah, yeah. Brain thinking <laughs> man's movie. Oh my God, Jurassic World! No, you did have to think. You'd have. Like, <laughs> why why did I spend my money on it? What the fuck is going on well, in this movie? And they would just throw words around, you know, Brad, just whatever technical words they would just throw them around. Made no goddamn sense. Brad, have you not seen Top like, Gun? What? No, I could care Why? less about it. It's fucking great. It it's, probably is. I didn't. I didn't give a fuck about it, and it's a, it's amazing. I'm assuming so, it yeah, is. Guys, I'm assuming it it's is. It's worth watching it in a theater. It's a spectacle. <laughs> it's the only way to watch that movie. I ah, it's so good. And again, like to uh, to Alex's point, you know what was not a spectacle? Doctor Strange, because yeah. everything was CGI. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so, even though you've got weird stuff happening and a lot of stuff, a lot of eye candy on the screen, you know it's fake. Yeah. You know you're essentially watching an animated movie, yeah. so it doesn't stick. It doesn't like. You can't connect with any of it. Well, yeah. so. I, before we leave the movie, this may be more of a retro review since I think the movie. I think, it, yeah, it came out last year. Uh, but I watched the movie Lamb. Has anybody heard of the movie Lamb? Alex? I, 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 I have, and I've wanted to see it, but I've never had the time. It's, it's on Showtime really now. Plug it. for Showtime. Uh, it's about an Icelandic uh, man, a man and woman in Iceland that raise sheep. Uh, and then one of their sheep gives birth to a human sheep hybrid. So it's kind of a fantasy movie type thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it has some really yeah, good CGI in it for a, uh, um, a, a hybrid uh, little girl lamb character. All right. Spoiler. The farmer fucked that sheep, right? <laughs> That's what you kind of thought, but no. It just was some sort of miraculous thing that appeared and healed their no, marriage. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Until... Uh, here's a spoiler alert for it, by the way, for all you Icelandic Did they go on Mori? Did they go on Mori? You well, are the farmer. The is not the father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just, it was very odd that, uh, there was the man in the wood. The only person that you would know out of this is, uh, Numi Rapace. She was an alien. Man, I can't Brad, I cannot get you to go see a, a normal movie, and you watch but, shit Well, like I mean, the normal movies, I would rather take my chance on a goofy independent movie about Icelandic farmers rather than <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. I'm sorry. I would. Oh, God. I know. Anyway, uh, there's a, there's a, like a ram man beast that shows up in the end with a shotgun and kills the farmer and takes the baby uh, lamb back. Very odd movie, but you think? You think but Alex, I will movie. say you would appreciate uh-huh. the cinematography of it. It has it very I'm, long I'm shots, very quiet. Again, takes place in Iceland. I love a quiet movie and uh, some naked Numi Rapace <laughs> in it. I love a quiet movie, which is the only reason I like Eternals. No, it's not. That's my movie review. Mind numbing entertainment. No, I'll, I'll uh, give it a. a I'll give it a 
uh, I'll give it a two just for the cinematography. The story was kind of boring, <clears throat> admittedly, yeah, but it was worth why, seeing. I, that's why I didn't see it. Yeah, um, you should watch it. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, you should watch it. That and Titan, Alex, a horror oh, movie, a I, French horror I, movie. I, I, that seems like a movie that I, I have to watch alone by myself. But I don't know if I do want to watch it alone by myself. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, you should probably watch it without the girl. <laughs> All right, over to TV land. Let's oh, go. yes. <laughs> All right, TV land. We were talking in the green room. We have a lot of TV shows that we're tracking. We've got Obi Wan. We've got Miss Marvel. We've got The Boys, uh, <coughs> Stranger Can Things. I, maybe I don't know if we're tracking oh, that still. But I, I uh, we'll, we'll do that in July first after it drops. Yeah. Okay. But so before before we start on all all of the nerdy stuff, I, I do have to pause. Me and uh, my girlfriend, we have been binging the show over the last week, and I just wanted to give it a shout out for being just incredible um the offer on paramount plus it follows the making of the godfather it's obviously the godfather's 50th anniversary this year um it is one of the best shows like limited series i've ever watched wow um it's incredible the cinematography the script the dialogue the act the performances i was i'm in a little bit of a miles teller kick right now with top gun and now this um uh, he plays famous producer Al Ruddy, who, who and it follows his story, and it also follows Robert Evans, who's the former head of Paramount, um, one of the most prolific uh, studio heads of all time. Um, basically, redefined the industry, redefined how we even look at box office and why movies have such a front load in theaters. Um, it's just it's incredible uh, series. It's ten right. episodes. I cannot recommend <clears throat> it enough. It is so good. Uh, Especially for film geeks like us, like it's just, it's really just stellar. I think Brad, you'd love it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's on my it's watch a list. Comedy, I'd love it. It's it's an hour long, but Ugh. every hour feels it, it feels like thirty minutes. It has such, it has great pacing. Uh, I just, it's so good. <clears throat> so watch Godfather one, watch Godfather two, and then the offer. No, I'd say watch the offer and then watch Godfather. Like, yeah, because it's okay. Well, it leads up to it. Right? Either. Either yeah. way, don't watch Godfather three. Yeah, don't watch Godfather three. We're we're literally that was that's on our list right now is watching Godfather. We got thirty minutes into it. And, and while we're right on now. the Godfather kick and uh, stuff, Alex, a family movie that we watched that you may enjoy, I think, is still on HBO Max: The Freshman with Matthew Broderick. And, I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it. I mean, it's a stupid movie, but it's uh, Marlon Brando plays. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Don, uh, what's his face? Plays the Godfather, and and so you may enjoy it. And a little uh, palate cleanser, uh, but still sticking with the Godfather theme. All right. Uh, so, anyways, back to movies. So, Stranger Things will wait to the end. Obi Wan, I think we said we'll wait to the end. We only got a few episodes of that, right? Uh, or the boys, we said we would wait to the end. Or the we'll next probably wait till next week because next yeah, hero. Herogasm is next week, which there ought to be plenty to talk about if it's anything like the the uh, miniseries. All right, so uh, so it sounds like the only <coughs> thing we have to talk about is little old Miss Marvel, the world's the uh, end, uh, and uh, for all mankind. I'd like to. Oh, okay, for all mankind. I still haven't watched that. Oh man, I know. Well, it's an hour. 
All right, so Miss Marvel, uh, the most hated Disney movie, Disney series yet, lowest ratings, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, everybody seems to hate it. I would say it's probably closer to a Marvel TV show as you would want to get. I mean, it talks about the Avengers. You you realize you're in this universe uh, and not by itself off, uh, off in Egypt or, or wherever. Uh, so I kind of liked it. I've only seen the first episode, but, uh, so far so good for me. I liked it. I can't agree more. I think it's, I, 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 I'd go far as to say is Marvel's for its TV shows. It's more creatively ad, advantageous project that they've done. I think it's really, really special. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I loved it. I couldn't talk higher of it. I think it's great. I I, I uh, concur with uh, both of you. I, this this <coughs> show, uh, I wasn't really looking forward to it. Um, I watched it. I thought it was fantastic. I, it's probably my. It's probably behind, uh, definitely behind Hawkeye because I really like that one. It's close race with WandaVision. Um, mm. I, I really like this. I, <clears throat> I thought it was uh, the characters are fantastic. The acting's great. Um. You know the the story itself is interesting. I I, I like the uh, cultural aspect of it. It it tells a story in a different uh, culture. It's not the same old same old. It doesn't beat you over the head with the culture. It just kind of you know it, it tells it from a different view. It tells the the story of this uh, girl's alter ego um, from her life, and you know it's uh and it's really it's it's an entertaining show. It, it reminds me of. A, of a of a classic Marvel comic right. book, actually, you know, yeah. and uh, and also the fact that you know I always say that Disney or, or Marvel Studios each each of these movies are always a genre, you know, and I feel like the genre of this is a a, a Disney a CW kids, show, yeah, well, not really a CW show, but like when when Alex was growing up, it was you know. The, the sweet life of Zach and Cody and, you know, Hannah Montana it was those type of... Yeah, Remember when we used not, to do the podcast and <laughs> Alex would always want to review the sweet life of Zach and Cody? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but, it's, but it reminds... It's like those... They're on a cruise ship now! <laughs> but, uh, but anyway... On a cruise this ship. Sh- but this show, uh, but it's very entertaining. I, 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 I enjoy that. I really enjoyed it. The second episode was just as good as the first. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, and I'm looking forward to to the the third episode, Brian. So far, so good. I mean, uh, three out of four pod men like it. What do you say? Well, it won't be four out of four. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's who would have thought? Racist. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, like, Racist. I like. <laughs> yeah, I like this character infinitely more than I like uh, um, Brie Larson's <laughs> yeah, she, So like, far, she's the best Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah, if there's a choice of getting more of this uh, and not having to look at Brie Larson again, I'll take this. However, I, like, it's fine, but I don't really, I mean, it's it's just fine. It's not, like, great. I, I Like, it's, I mean, it'll pass 30 minutes, and but it's not, like, I wasn't gonna watch it and until PMR gave me gave this like wow. these, you know, fantastic reviews and I watched it and I'm like 
PMR is a fucking right. When did I ever listen to PMR and take his advice? Yeah, why? Why? Yeah, why? Why did I stop? This is the guy that gave Shang Chi a seven out of five, and I listened. I know, like that should have that should have that should have been a uh, to mind. But yeah, so uh, I watched it, and it's 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 fine. Like it's fine if you have nothing else to watch. If you got if your queue is emptied out, go watch it. (laughs) But it's not. Would you watch it after or before Lamb? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Lamb seems. I think he sold me on Lamb, Brad. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's Just it's nothing. Yeah. They're not reinventing anything. They're no. not giving you anything new to look at. No. It's you know she has a unique perspective, I guess. But yeah. uh, and I, there's nobody on the show I don't necessarily like. There's nobody I'm like oh this guy sucks like. But it's there's nobody I'm like, oh, this person's great either. It's just it's it's vanilla. It's the most vanilla thing I think I've watched in a while. Uh, well, I think that I mean, the thing that I liked about it, I mean, I like the actress that plays Camilla Khan. I think she's you know, she's cute and and uh, seems like she's, you know, regular teenager who is obsessed about superheroes, which in the. You know, in the MCU, you would think that there would be an Avenger con and people dressing up. So, so I, that's why I liked it. Is again, I just saw the first episode where I thought, oh, okay, well, this is again, this is clearly in the MCU. You know, it's, it's not again, it's not like Daredevil or Moon Knight or even Hawkeye that was kind of he didn't interact with anybody hardly. You know, this was sort of like you knew exactly where you were going and it's basically Spider-Man's story of a young teenager who has, you know, maybe socially awkward or whatever and <laughs> gets superpowers and great responsibility. I'm I'm guessing, right? Well, you know, if you go back to listen to one of our old episodes when we yeah. were talking about Civil War yeah, when they were t- we were talking about Civil War and they were announcing that Spider Man or the rumor was Spider Man was going to show up in Civil War and everybody's like, oh, that's you know amazing. My pitch then <laughs> for Spider Man was, you know, uh, Uncle Ben's dead, his parents are dead, uh, he's looking if he's looking for a male role model growing up in the Marvel universe, he's probably going to look to one of two people, Captain America or Tony Stark, right? Right, and those become like quasi his my two dads, right? Right. <laughs> And so, uh, like, I thought that was kind of my pitch. And honestly, there's some of that in this. And I'm like, eh. I recognize that, like, I liked that idea then. I still can sell myself on the idea now, but I'm, it's still not connected. It's just kind of boring. It's just no. kind of boring. Okay. I don't think it's boring. I, you know, and one of the things I like about it, I actually like the cultural aspect of it because it is a, a different perspective of her culture and her family and what, you know, of all that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I really, I really have enjoyed it. The Brad, you talk about it. It seems like it's firmly in the Marvel universe and it does, but my only gripe with the series is they don't really talk about the blip. So yeah. it's like who, you know, who blipped out. In well, I mean, I think, like, I think they blipped and her brother didn't. I think that's why there's such an age, uh, disparity ah. between her and her brother, and he's got that full beard. And then when you see him in photos, there's nothing, right? No, uh, not that long ago. So I got a feeling the whole family blipped except for her brother. Okay, I wish they would say that though. That would maybe be, they yeah, would. Yeah, 
because I really, because I, you know, I never, I really never thought about that. I, I didn't think about, you know, I wondered, you know, her brother seems older than all of them, so. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that uh, what what about the uh, you know the uh, into the Spider Verse effects of it? You know where they have you know wham or whatever you know the Batman sixty six type stuff. Um, you know where she she's typing and a, an emoticon will be on the street or something like that. Uh, does that that like does that. does anything for you, Pop Ron? Yeah, I like it. I actually uh, you know. I, it took me a little bit to get used to it, but it's just a different kind of storytelling. It's no more than in a comic book where, you know, that some artists or writers would do that and kind of incorporate the words in, into the uh, the art itself. Right. So, I don't know. I, I just makes it a little bit different. Well, it's kind of like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Like, that, all yeah, those yeah. Right. kind of they kind of borrowed it from that. Uh, Alex, anything <laughs> yeah. else with Miss Marvel to try to convince Brian that this is above a plain vanilla cone? Yeah, it's kind of what you guys have said. I'm okay. I think my my whole thing is I'm I'm okay with the story popping to another. And I agree, it, it is vanilla from the like from the sheer concept of it. It's a very vanilla story of of a girl who who's socially awkward gets these powers, but she has to hide it, and her family's dismissive of it. But I also agree with TMR in the sense of where it takes such a vanilla concept. It's using a culture and a different a different voice to tell that story. And we're learning I think what I admire so much about the show is that I get to every time I turn it on, the point of entertainment is always to take me out, like take me out of my shoes and put me in someone else's for a little bit. <laughs> and I love the fact that I'm taken out of my shoes every week on a Wednesday and put into hers. I, I genuinely love it. I I think what she goes through is relatable, but also I think it shows me a different outlook on life, on religion, wow. on culture, on a lot of things. And I think it's, I think it's meaningful storytelling and I think it's storytelling that's well done. Okay. And I hate that it's not being given a shot because for the first time in a long time, probably since Endgame, I've felt like Marvel just was like, let's just tell a human story okay. from the get go. Let's just tell one. And I'd say the same thing with Shang-Chi. I'd say that does the same effect. But I think for for this movie, for this TV show especially, I'm just learning about someone. And I don't really care about the superhero stuff, but I'm engaged with it because it's a part of her story. It's attached to her. I feel it with Evil her. Knievel. I don't know. And, I love it. And uh, it doesn't bother you that they changed her powers, Evil Knievel. I think it works better. I think, yeah, it's, better. I I think, I think it's a better use of what her powers should be and that it's inside of her is something. I like it. Have they? Uh, oh, no, I don't, I don't like that. <clears throat> I would rather it be the, I mean, I know why they didn't do it, but I would much rather it be uh, the embiggen, you know, like the, uh, the Mr. Cause she was more like plastic man than she was like Reed Richards, you yeah. know? And, and so I like that infinitely better than, then the but I understand also it's a lot easier to yeah. to superimpose these uh, crystalline things on the screen than it is to make her look like she's got a, a you know an eight yeah. foot hand. Yeah. So do have they said anything yet? Or because in uh, I'm guessing it's not this way in the comic books because she has different powers. But are those? Uh, do we think that these are uh, the band that she has? She only has one band, right? Are, are these nega yeah, bands yeah. or whatever? 
like the original Captain Marvel? Weren't they Nega bands or? I yeah. think they're. I'm they thinking they have something more to do with the Ten Rings because oh, they even okay. mentioned like there, there's like Hindu writing on them or something like that. Oh, okay. And it's and so I think it's kind of along those lines of. I think that's what we're building to in this next phase. Obviously, there's a connection between this and the Ten Rings. I think because they're these artifacts that have been buried with culture and their uh, family and it feels like we're building that out i don't know though okay. i thought i had something to do with captain marvel knows. uh you know i think we'll obviously we'll see somebody has the other half of the ring and that right. whoever has the other the other band will be her, her nemesis i don't think they'll connect it to anything else you know <clears throat> just because we've been down that mephisto hole before <clears throat> so and, and clearly they can't they can't uh, coordinate that the TV and the movies well enough for any of that stuff to actually really impact or pay off. So, all right. Well, I I say give it a shot, right? Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, actually, just give it a shot. Not. Just give it a shot, or, or don't. don't, or don't. Your life will be the same. Yeah, yeah. You're not missing anything. No, you're not. Hell no. All right. And, and anything you would miss in this series, you'll they'll recap in the first like four minutes of miss the the Marvel's movie. <laughs> that's so. probably true. <clears throat> Actually, Watch it. Like said, it's it's a shame that they're you know they're review bombing it. They're just being actually just pricks about it. Racist uh, now, but it's only racist about it. I don't think they're. I don't think people being racist. I just think they're. It stands to reason that in the first Middle Eastern series, no one, no one cares. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not racist as much as people are like, well, she doesn't look like me. I don't really give a shit. Well, <laughs> like, maybe, I mean, or maybe we, uh, we got, uh, so turned off by the Egyptian superhero that we don't want anything else, uh, from that side of the world, uh, superhero. <clears throat> uh, well, it's, and it's worth, Mentioning, and I sent this out to you guys earlier in the week. Um, <clears throat> as far as Marvel like uh, streaming uh, draws, One Division did 1.6 million in its first five days. 1.6 million views in the first five days. Hawkeye did 1.5. Moondike did 1.8, which is the last one before this. Yeah, that's crazy. Winter Soldiers did one did 1.8. Loki did 2.5 million views in the first five days. This is 775,000 views. Yeah, it's it's less than half of the lowest viewed Marvel TV show. Well, they also kind of they've also kind of <clears throat> fucked it because it's having to go against Obi-Wan every week, which is an established character. So for its first 3 episodes, it's having to go against one of the most famous Star Wars characters of all time. But you almost so think that would lift it up because people would go for Obi-Wan and then stay for Miss Marvel. Which yeah, they've already launched the app. They're already yeah. in the app. Why wouldn't they watch both things? Because because audiences are like, think about it when you're going People when you're going home every night or if you're waking up in the morning, are you really going to watch two episodes of TV? No, you're, you're going to go to work. 
You're not going to you watch TV. Have- <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, okay. if you get home, you probably you're either going to turn on a movie or you may just watch one episode of TV or and just watch the go office. Go on with yeah. the rest of your day. I'm you have to see, I disagree with that, Alex. So you're going to choose. You're going to choose the Marvel character you've never heard of, or you're going to choose Obi Wan fucking Kenobi. <laughs> Ouch. Well, no, no. See, I disagree with that because I had to sit through a lot of must see TV. And Caroline in the City got like six seasons. <laughs> to get to Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah, being sandwiched between oh, Frasier and Seinfeld. Right? But this is streaming now where you can go in out understand. and if you want to watch another episode of TV, you don't have to watch Miss Marvel. You can just go. No, I know. But you're already, just while you're, there. You're already while you're there. You're in the app. You've got two shows on, right? That, that are. I, I, like that's not the way TV has ever worked. Where it's like, oh, let, you know, if there's any like sort of analogy, it would be to wh- the way they used to stack primetime network television, right? And you put sitcom, a show sitcom. that didn't, ha- yeah, yeah, you'd want you know sitcom, 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 drama, <laughs> and then you'd you'd always put the the weaker shows and, and hope to get the wings effect, right? Wings well, was floundering. Until Wings got behind Frazier. And Wings right. is a great show. Let's not start shitting on Wings. Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but it found its following. Yes. Right? Wings found its following. Crystal. Carolina Water. City or what was the Brooke Shields one? Suddenly Just shoot me. Suddenly Susan. <laughs> Just shoot me. It found its it found its footing. I Suddenly Susan Susan. did. Yeah. Can Just you shoot me. It's great. Oh, what? So, but. As well. I'm still I'm thinking about Crystal Bernard from Wings. What? <laughs> I said communities in that group as well as the, as the yeah. followers of, of massive hits. So you so Brian's point is that if you're a nerd and you're in the Disney Plus app and you're probably if you're a Star Wars fan you're probably kind of a Marvel fan or vice versa. After you finish watching Kenobi and you can't watch another episode, why would you not want to give Miss Marvel a try? But uh, since you're it, right there, yeah, and it. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> but I, I get it. But I'm like, but here's my. At the end, it's it pains me, and I know we're going to talk about Obi Wan when it's wrapped up. But I have sat through five episodes of Obi Wan and wanted to drown myself. Mm. And every and every time I watch Miss watch Miss Marvel, it's like a breath of fresh air. All right, Obi Wan. It's it just hurts me so bad that this show is having to compete. This actual creative show that's doing creative visuals and really impressive shots and really it's like it you can tell they're putting time in each visual they have this whole clip of this shot where she falls back on her couch and like it, you can go it goes over her and like then it does like a upside down <clears throat> shot they show the whole crane shot and they did it like 25 times like that's care and that's effort wow. meanwhile obi-wan kenobi looks like a fan film that I could have wiped my ass with. Like, all right, now you're wiping your ass with Ewan McGregor. Hey, it only takes Ewan McGregor one take to stare at the camera, okay? So he's a professional, Alex. He doesn't need 25 takes. We'll get into it next week. Yeah, we'll get into it next week, but... I would I would recommend Miss Marvel. All right. Absolutely. And I think that people are not watching it because of all the... The shit people are just saying about it are, are missing out on it. Calling actually. it plain vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, actually, uh, <laughs> I think they're missing out on it. I think it's a good show. I right. think that uh, people would enjoy it if they just watch it. Give it a chance. All right. Brian, PMR is making a hell of a 
Hell of a reasons here. He's saying that he likes it, and you should give it a chance. Well, I fell for it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think well, you should fall for and, it. Give it another shot. And, yeah, and I, and I don't think Brian said he didn't like it. He said it was okay. So, you know what? I'll take I, I said it was fine. There's nothing. Just fine. There's nothing uh, like that makes, that compels. If, like if I, I'm going to have to remind myself that this show comes on. Yeah. Like, because this is one of those I could be like, oh, I've never finished the end of a. Uh, Miss Marvel, and it's, you know, 2024. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, yeah, there's, there. there's, there's much better things to watch if you have 35 you to 40 minutes of, uh, you know, aside in your day. So, I, I and, those, and it's not, and it's not only one. No, Talk, no. So. it's the office super fan episodes on Peacock is what I watch. Hey, hey, there you, know. you go. All right. Well, very good. Anything or, else? Or Larry Sanders show. Or hey, no. Larry Sanders. I should go back and rewatch those. Yeah. <clears throat> Alex, what else? Uh, what else are you, are you are you looking at? Anything? Do we even have any? What you're looking at? What am I looking? I've at? got one. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Take it. What you looking at? <laughs> All right, Brian. What you looking at? I went ahead and have been watching the Norm Macdonald. Uh, the last stand-up uh, he did, the, what, what he recorded at home yeah, for Netflix. I, I tried to watch that. I tried I to watch it. ten minutes. Yeah, um, and I was like, this is not funny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> essentially... He's on the it's, dead man's grave. Yeah, he was killing uh, they've me. Mis- they've mismarketed this because this is more of a documentary than it is like a comedy special. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. And so... It's not that he recorded this special to be released after his death. That's not what he was doing. He right. was recording this because he couldn't workshop the material in front of the He was working crowd. it out, yeah. Yeah, so he was working out the material, and I'm sure he was probably going to take this and send it to Sandler and, and, and Spade and, <laughs> and and everybody and get their feedback on it, right? He wasn't recording this as his – but when they're like, oh, wait, he did this – you can buy this. You can air this. Right. Then they're and Netflix is like, yeah, give it to us. Hell yeah. Uh, it some of them, you, but you can absolutely tell that he's workshopping a lot of this material. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and and more of it misses than hits, but it's kind of cool. Like if you're a fan of stand up comedy, to kind of see somebody because it's vulnerability, right? I mean, it's and they even go into it. You know, like. Uh, uh, Spade and Sandler, because they do at the end, they do about 15 minutes where it's Letterman, oh, uh, Dave Chappelle, Molly Shannon, Conan O'Brien, um, Adam Sandler, and David Spade all kind of, they watch it and then they kind of like do like, uh, like commentary on what they watch, right? And kind of go around the room and tell stories about Norm and everything. And, and Sandler and Spade said, like, <laughs> Sandler and Spade, would uh, uh, when they would go out and do a set and it bombed, they would go rework the material. Right. <laughs> when when Norm McDonald would do something and it bombed, it was like they even said, "It's like, hey, you know, you're at the restaurant. Here's the dinner. <laughs> Eat it or don't." Like, yeah. like he wouldn't deviate from the material because he believed in the material. He believed right. in the joke. And so, and, and so, you were seeing some of that through it, but you can you can tell like he'll get it. He'll start a joke. And he always kind of did this. He'd divert and go around the hill and then and then re- reference back to the punchline. 
right? So you tell this long story in reference back, and you can tell that long meandering story was him trying to figure out other hooks yeah. for the for the joke and for the gag. So if you're a fan of like stand up comedy uh, or a fan of Norm Macdonald, look at it as a documentary. It's very good, right? I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of the stuff doesn't hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the jokes do. The the best joke is when he when he talks about his dad uh, fighting in World War Two. You know, uh, and I don't I won't steal it, but that's that's easily the best joke because uh, it, it kind of punches you out of nowhere where he goes with it. Okay. But um, and then it was cool to see like uh, all of them like you know reminiscing about uh, Norm McDonald and you know uh, um, uh, like the friendships he had with them and them kind of talking about the way he approached comedy and and the fact that nobody knew he was sick. Yeah. You know, like uh, none of them knew he was sick. And these are some of the, you know, his closest friends. He just he kept it so guarded. So. All right. But well, yeah, you've convinced me much like yeah. Yeah. DMR's argument on Miss Marvel. You've convinced me I should finish watching it. Yeah. Nothing special. If nothing else, there's a joke about his dad and there's a joke about his mom that uh, are pretty on point. I got to the part <laughs> so. where he made the joke about mentally retarded people. And with people with Down syndrome and saying, you know, people are looking at him like, oh, too bad. He's got Down syndrome. He's like, they're the happiest people in the world. Why are you so sad about that? They are, they're happy. And he, ta- he goes yeah, on. They don't, yeah, that's pretty yeah. funny. They don't realize how bad everything is. Like, that's a problem? <laughs> right. I wish I had that problem. I wish I had that problem. So, yeah, but there's uh, even Conan says it. He's like, some of the material is kind of like, you know, that third rail material. So you got to be careful with it. Right. And so that's, you know, and, and, and that's a part of this, too, is it's like, I think he's also, he's got to, if he can't, uh, you know, workshop the material in front of a crowd. He got no feedback. Yeah. He, he doesn't know where the line is. It's yeah. like, because with comedy, you want to push the line, but not go over the line. Well, the crowd's what's going to tell you what the line is, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, uh, it's uh, highly recommended. It. It's, uh, it's very good. Right. I love Norm. I've always loved Norm McDonald. I always so. love him in the middle. Uh, PMR, what are you? What are you looking at? Anything, PMR? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, uh, what are you looking at? Well, what I said earlier, uh, for all mankind, season oh, three dropped. There uh, you go. It's uh, for every week. Uh, it's on the second episode. So far, and uh, God, this show does not disappoint. I mean, right off the bat, the first episode for season three was just what you would call a nail biter. I mean, it had me on the edge of the seat the whole time watching that first episode. And usually, you know, a first episode of a season doesn't really grab you that quickly. And this one did. This was fantastic. And then the second episode was just as good, um, not as not as intense as the first one, but uh, just as good. And uh, this this show is just, man, the writing in this show is unbelievable. Uh, if, if you've got Apple, it's still TV, on my man, list. Yeah, if you got Apple TV. This show is it's probably one of the best shows, other than Justify, that Brian's ever recommended. That uh, it does not disappoint from week to week, and. Uh, I would strongly recommend this show over practically about 90% of the shit that we watch. Okay. So, Brian, did you watch episode two yet? 
Yeah, I watched episode one and two. What's what's funny is episode one is is kind of the Poseidon adventure, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, but man, it had you on your seat the whole time. I mean, I because you don't know. I mean, one thing about this this show is you don't know who they're going to kill off. So yeah. it's uh, you you had no idea, and uh, and then the second episode is just pretty much where they're going with the the whole season. And uh, it's it's great, man. It's and it's the 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 character. I love all of the characters. Like yeah. everybody is great. Yeah. Uh, and, and if it's a character that you that comes on, you're like, oh, I hate her. But like three episodes later, you're gonna be like, holy shit, she's my favorite character. Yeah. Right. Like Molly. Right. Like Molly. I didn't like when she. Molly's one of my favorites. Right? Molly is, is fantastic. She so is. Uh, the. You get it's such good writing, such good characters, such like it pulls you in, even when there's an obvious development, like I, I would have normally seen much earlier on. It, it, like I'm so invested, I don't see it coming. I don't see I don't see the uh, the twist coming. So you know when um when you find out that um. Ed has been uh, pulled off of the Mars mission. I'm like, well, shit, what's going to happen? And the whole time they've been setting up, the whole episode they've been setting up this private, uh, this private space uh, uh, corporation, like there, it's it's being privatized. It, like until they are like until um, what's her face? What's the wife's name? Oh my god, Karen. Until Karen shows up at that office. I didn't even put two and two together. I was like, holy shit, that's how they're getting Ed into space. Yep, I did. Right. I was the same way. Uh, but, and like, oh, man. And then it's actually, you know, now you've got a space race with three companies. And it's kind of what's going on in the world today. you got private industry going into well, space. So and 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 I want to get back to that here in a second, right? But, um, yeah, uh, for all mankind, it's a great show. We're up to the mid-90s now. They're they're trying to launch uh, and and go to the uh, to Mars by twenty uh, by nineteen ninety eight, um, and uh, it's but it's set in like ninety two, right? So or ninety four, it's ninety four, and so ninety two. Okay, all right, all right. So, but yeah, so like, so it's full, by the time the season ends, they will have made their way to Mars, right? So it's it, you get these. It's not just hey, this is you know six months and then catch back, catch us back in a year and you'll, we'll tell you the next six months. This show started in sixty nine, uh, no, right? Two sixty three. No, you're right. Sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty. And and it's moved <laughs> all the way to ninety four or ninety two in three seasons. Yeah. Right. So you know, and they've said they've they've got plans for at least seven. So at some point, this shit's going to be Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Right. At some point, it's going to rocket past us, which is like, which if that if that happens, it stays on. If the quality stays there, which it should, like Ronald D. Moore, who did Outlander and Battlestar, like that guy, uh, he's made two long running, really critically acclaimed series. Uh, if it should have legs, uh, if it gets there, man, that, this could be like one of the, like the most like you know impressive like uh, uh, TV shows ever made. By just the scope of what they're doing, so the scope of what they're doing, the acting, the the side—I mean, 
like you you said to me the other day, it's like now we're we're full on sci-fi where we're at now. I mean, at first it was it was sci-fi, but it was just kind of storytelling, you know, of kind of history going on a little bit, twisted, altered history. Now it's you know we got space stations and space you know moon bases and really fucking cool and, and it's the, the small little details i mean well, we're in 1992 now and like computer screens are flat screens kind of like they are now it just shows that technology today would i mean technology then would have been advanced well they've got video phones right yeah I mean, um, everything would have been advanced it's like they thought everything out like if hmm. the soviets would have went to the moon first and beat us to the moon then this whole you know, we wouldn't have been so laxy daisy afterwards, you know, like, oh well, we done it. We it did would have it. made us yeah, it would That's have made us really this more, you know, if if we really had someone that was we were trying <laughs> to with, it would it would challenge us and our Well the Cold War folded into the space race. Right, right. Right. And so it kept going. Um the uh, the other thing that's really interesting is, you know, now it, going to the moon is so commonplace. They're just like, yeah, we need a we need a mechanical engineer up there. You're going to the moon. I've had no astronaut training, but I'm I'm qualified. I, I can can fix the the machine that they need fixed, you know. Uh, so I, I could be an HVAC guy, and they're like, you're going to the moon because the AC unit's running hot, you know. Like we're at that point now where you don't even have to go through NASA space training to get sent to the moon. So I don't know. That's truly really good. Um, and because of that, for Father's Day, uh, Saturday, Taylor took me to the Kennedy Space Center. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. Which was uh, pretty awesome. It's about, a, it's about an hour from the house. Yeah. Uh, they've got – I don't want to give too much away because I need PMR to go. I want him to be, like, shocked by how much is there, as I was. But they've got, uh, like, seven or eight different exhibits. And when I talk exhibits, it's like – uh, seven or eight different museums, right? Awesome. They've got a museum dedicated to the shuttles. They've got a, a museum uh, dedicated to like the Saturn rockets. They've got a museum to, uh, just as uh, for the like uh, astronaut training program. They've got um, uh, they take you on a bus tour and you can you come in when you come into the complex and you pass Blue Origin, like you pass pass all the Blue Origin uh, um, buildings. Uh, you, you can see in the distance all the different, um, you know, uh, um, shuttle launches, right? Uh, you pass over the, uh, the roller tracks, you know, where they roll the shuttle right. out to put it on the, the, the launch um, uh, platform. It's, and then you get uh, into the actual, like, museum. Oh, they got one museum that's designed around like where all the new sort of technology stuff that they've discovered just in the past few years. Right. And where, and they've got like habitats that like how they'll, they'll show you how they're going to set up habitats in space. That's right. So, um, all that's really, really cool. Uh, and what I didn't realize is, uh, PMR, how familiar are you with the Artemis program? No, not at all. All right. So the Artemis program is, NASA's uh, Artemis was the twin, the Greek god and twin sister of Apollo. 
So Artemis is kind of like their Apollo program, NASA's new Apollo program. Oh, and so, that's cool. Yeah, and, and all of it's leading up to us actually going to Mars. So uh, they're going to start doing launches. Uh, there's, I think there's supposed to be three launches uh, over the next, like, four or five years. And they're all building up to – and then we're building up to us going back to the moon. Then once we get to the moon, the next goal is getting to Mars. That's cool. Right. So, but it's the Artemis program, uh, and it's all because it's it's it, there. It's like we're in a new golden age of NASA. A lot of it's because of uh, you know Blue Origin and SpaceX, that sort of stuff. The private uh, the, there's so much money coming in because they're privatizing. But, you know, SpaceX, they have to they lease this launch pad for 22 years. Right. So they can't launch without NASA, even though it's privatized. They still need all the infrastructure of NASA to launch these shuttles. So, I, uh, um, I don't know. It's it's well, pretty incredible. I think <clears throat> if this show shows anything, it shows the fact that. Well, where was I going with this? Sorry. Um, it shows that. We should have stuck with it. You know, a lot of well, no, a lot of people are always like, "Well, we've already been to the moon. That's why we didn't go back." You know, it's we've already done it. You know, it's just a waste of money. No, what's not a waste of money is the technology advancements that we make. So the stuff that we that they make to try to get us to the moon and the 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 engineering stuff and it it trickles down into everyday society. You know, everyday working. It's you know the technology kind of grows out you know and we use it and when we don't have that if they're not doing anything to make any type of advancement like that then we don't we don't grow as a society i think that's what they're what they were trying to say you know with this show that because we we continue with the the space race and you know now we've got small uh you know our our computers are smaller and we got video phones and you know in the early 90s instead of you know, podcasts 2000s yeah i mean we got all this stuff so well what one of the displays just you know to put it uh, basically said you know uh the camera on your cell phone uh was developed by nasa as an external camera they needed something small and then the L- and led lights were designed to to provide light to those cameras Right. So like just like if you go around, they've got all these exhibits and it tells you like where this technology came from that's affected our everyday life and how it ties back to to uh, the space, uh, you know, the space program. Uh, This is so uh, the Artemis moon rocket could lift off for around the moon mission as soon as July 26th. Wow. Uh, They already had the Artemis rockets on the, the, the platform, but they said they were still testing stuff. Right. Um. But the Artemis rocket is sitting there on the on the launch platform. Uh, it says through July 26, uh, they plotted out dozens of launch possibilities between then and December 2022, and even more launch options uh, to the moon through June 2023. So you, they've got to have launch windows, right? But they've already plotted all these different launch windows potentially between now, but over the next year. Uh, but those are supposed to be just flybys of the moon and then eventually just like, you know, Apollo 10. Right. You know, so uh, and then eventually the, the, the goal is to land on the moon. So 
And then they've got uh, they uh, they'll show videos about how they develop different stuff. Like there's a really good video about the shuttle program, and um, you know where the Saturn V was a three stage rocket. The um, I didn't know this. The shuttle program they were basically they were trying to create the three rocket or the two the shuttle. Program, it's not three rockets. It's two rockets and and a fuel tank. The big cone in the middle is the fuel tank, right? Right. And so what they said was, it's they're like, well, you know, how do we go? How do we send this up and then go, you know, uh, and then uh, um, what, you know, waste these rockets every time? And they're like, well, what if you make the two rockets and a fuel tank, and then you're only destroying the, you're only wasting the fuel tank. So because they'll recover the rockets and the shuttle will land, and then they'll they'll just the fuel tank will be a loss. So, all right. That's pretty cool. Because, yeah, the rockets will shoot up the, the parachutes and come back down, but the, right. the cone in the middle. Yeah, anyway, so it's lots of cool stuff I didn't know. Uh, I, I was solely interested in going because of how good, uh, you know, uh, For All Mankind is. Wow. And kind of in the 80s, like NASA was in the 70s, 80s, NASA was the 90s. It stopped. Like we didn't, you know, uh, and I don't know. It's uh, it's really cool. PMR, you need to go the next time we're down there. That's yeah. so good. It rained. Like, rain came through. Uh, like, a pretty bad storm came through while we were there. And we didn't get to finish. So I went straight over, and I had them turn my one-day pass into an, uh, an annual pass, because I know I'll go back at least once. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, that sounds like fun. I can't... I, can't believe I've never went down there when we come down there. So next time me and Alex come down there, we'll definitely go by there. Just let us know. All right. We've got a we have just Brad. Uh, now uh, that I would go down here? there for. I, I, I don't care anything about going to a convention or a, uh, a a fun place or whatever you guys call those things. But uh, yeah, something educational like that would be right up my alley. And you've never been? Hard. No. <laughs> so I, we found it, PMR. We found what'll get Brad out, uh, you know, into Orlando, into Florida. Right, all the fun stuff, and he'll Cape Canaveral. I do, but if I come down there, I want to come down there to uh, go uh, to a viewing of a launch, though. Yeah, there's several places around. They've yeah. got like a like a bandstand yeah. where you can. Uh, I'm sure that's only for like VIPs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's several like parks where they have viewing. Yeah, uh, like around Titusville and all. Yeah. So, well, uh, Brian, find us a launch. We get Brad out of this house in the fall. Tight. Yeah, nothing in the, in the fall. All right. Too hot. I'll see what I can do. Too hot. <laughs> all right. Very good, Alex. Any uh, anything else as we wrap up this two hour extravaganza? If no. Alex is still here, you're still with us. Excellent. I'm still here. No, All right. I don't got anything. Well, Alex, I know you've got to get up early in the morning to watch a couple of shows before you go to work, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All the shows. Everything. Can we Everything say we got one memorial in memorial that we didn't do? Yeah, why not? All right, what's our one in memoriam, Claude Manron? You know, as a Seinfeld fan, I have to say that uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, from uh, Seinfeld, the, uh, the the library police officer. Yep, that's oh it. Oh, my God. 
That's the wow. memorial. I know. He surprised me too. Uh, you know, the thing that's funny about that is that again, nobody great. nobody knows his name, of course. But it's, uh, that's what every yeah, Mr. Bookman. That's what everybody. That's why on his you know whenever you see it on on the news or whatever, best known for Seinfeld. He played a character that probably had. Uh, five minutes screen time at the most, maybe ten. Uh, and he, you know, a ninety-year-old man. He was also in Boogie Nights and a lot of other stuff. But. Nailed it. He but nailed he also it. Played, uh, he also played in Curb. He was that Larry's doctor in Curb. Your enthusiasm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also played Larry's doctor in Curb. But yes, he will be missed, Mister Bookman. Brian, did you well, have somebody else in mind? Yeah, the incomparable Tim Sale, DC artist, Marvel artist. Long Halloween, uh, Dark Victory, Captain fuck America. That guy. Give me more, Mister Bookman. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, but he, he passed away. Mm-hmm. He was in the hospital, and then he just up and died. I'm not sure if they released yeah, why. I was very surprised that that man was 66 years old. He didn't look. I mean, that must have been a real old picture of him because he looked like that he was, was an old picture of him because he did not look. When I saw him at Heroes Con, uh, uh, which Heroes Con, have you looked at the guest list this year? Uh, it's already passed. Was this no, one? no, no. It's not passed, but holy shit, it's it's just, a lot of good ones. Just Tim Sell. Yeah, but when I saw Tim Sell there, I got him to do me a sketch uh, for Batman, and he he did the sketch, watercolors, you know, gray of course, gray black, but uh, very cool sketch. Uh, it was a pretty cool guy, but yeah, he looked considerably older. Those photos are not anything new. It's like if you see a photo of Frank Miller. Uh, they're from like 1987. <laughs> like he ain't putting any photos. Yeah, you don't I don't to, think he takes taking a photo since no, 87. You definitely don't need to see Frank Miller nowadays. So, but yeah, it's uh, Tim Sale, great artist. Uh, you know, kind of reinvented a lot of the style of, uh, of Batman, and and a lot of uh, his work is was inspiration for uh, the last you know the the Batman movie we just yeah. got. So, Tim Sale, he will be missed. He's still away. He's still yeah. away. Come stay a little way. No, here's Con, uh, Walt Louis Simonson, uh, John Romita Jr., uh, Jim Starlin. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty stacked. So. Wow, I didn't know that. All sure. right. You got to go, Podman Ron. It's the 40th anniversary. When is it? Oh, it's this weekend. Huh. Great. All right, you got to go. What else you gotta yeah. do? I don't know. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Yeah, you know, just drive, drive up there and go. Yeah, what the fuck? Why not? Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, that's about wraps <laughs> it up. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So next time we're going to talk about the boys. We're going to talk about Obi Wan, uh, and pretty soon we'll be talking about Thor: Love and God and Thunder. But until next time, Alex. David for the podcast.